We are so excited to have our first live audience today to talk about music therapy and all the things in between. And we're not nervous at all. Not even a little bit. We not don't have all. wine. No, not at all. So we're super excited to join our music therapy community today um, in celebration of World Music Therapy Week, which is this week. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this week or next week. Um, it was changed from March being Music Therapy Month and March 1st being Music Therapy Day to a week in April being Music Therapy Week to raise awareness and celebrate music therapists and all that they do and all the places that they serve. So we wanted to create a little community and talk about music therapy, answer questions about music therapy. Um, we have some students on here. We have some people who've just finished their intern and wait, finished their internship. Mm-hmm. And we have just, a sneaky child life specialist on here with us. Yes. Sneaky child life specialist. Who's our coworker. Who's the best. <laughs> um, and we're going to chat all about music therapy and we're super excited about it. So before we get started, you introduce yourself. Okay. Hi guys. I'm Morgan. How much do you want me to say? Just like you're, you know, I don't know but who uh, you are. Hi, I'm do. Morgan. <laughs> I'm a music therapist at a children's hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. I've been working here for almost three years, which is completely bonkers. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I have been a music therapist officially for three years. I love everything speeds music therapy, and I love all nature things, being outside. It's gorgeous this weekend. I am a little tan now, and that was nice. I'm not tan. (laughs) Um, Tell us where you did your internship. So I interned at Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh and Western Psychiatric Institute and Clinic in Pittsburgh. So it was like half psych, half children's hospital um thought I wanted to go into adult psych didn't end up doing that because I love the children's hospital world started my career at a school for children with autism that I used to work at camps at and um, was an aide and then a music therapist there I loved it but I always wanted to get back to pediatric medical music therapy so I took the job in Jacksonville as the only music therapist and have been growing the program for a few years now and you are currently in your master's Oh, I'm in my master's for music therapy. Thank you for knowing my story Um, at Duquesne University. I will finish next spring. I think somebody on here is from Duquesne, if I remember correctly. OMG, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Megan says, OMG, me. Hi, Megan. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Your turn. Okay, my name's Danielle. I am also a pediatric music therapist. I am from the Dallas, Texas area. And by Dallas, I mean not Dallas at all, like DFW, like 45 minutes outside of Dallas. Um, and I went to school at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, where Morgan Me too. I didn't also went to school. Sorry. That's how we met initially. She was my grand big in SAI. Yes. I don't know if SAI is like in other schools. Sigma Alpha E. Yeah. Um, and I did my internship at children's health in Dallas, Texas. So moved back for that in the midst of COVID. And then I worked as a music therapist, a music teacher, doing private lessons, like a studio manager, all these things for this great place called Destiny Studio. Realized quickly that launching my own private practice by myself was not the move right for me right after internship and wanted to go back to peds and wanted to go somewhere where there were more music therapists and found out about the hospital we work at now 
in Jacksonville, Florida. So I joined Morgan over here and now work in behavioral health and hematology oncology peds. So it's kind of the spectrum of different things that I get to do in my current job. I'm also a wife and a dog mommy to Joy, which is so cringy. I would have hated myself a year ago, but I'm obsessed with her. So it doesn't matter. It be what it be. Yeah. Um, what do I do for fun? I watch Bones for fun. Bones is like an early 2000s true crime show uh, with Zoe Deschanel's older sister. It's pretty good. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, that's it. Nice. Yeah. Um, we're going to start talking about what music therapy is and how we found it, but we want you guys to put in the chat if you have questions, please. Um, so we can kind of interact with y'all and talk about what you want to know. Anything, literally anything we can talk about. Um, literally anything. Literally anything. Because this week is World Music Therapy Week, Morgan, can you give me your elevator speech of what music therapy is? I will give you what it is right now at whatever time it is today. Let me think. Music therapy is the use of music to support patients coping and care within the hospital setting. I say this because I work in a hospital. This is literally the same thing I say in the elevator. Um, to help kids coping and care within the hospital setting, we use things like songwriting and music-assisted relaxation to help kids cope when they're coming off of different sedations or they've been in the hospital a long time and need to express what they've gone through with us. Love that. That's good. That'll be what it is right now. Yep. Here um, we go. Okay. This weekend, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I suck at explaining music therapy. And this weekend was one of those weekends. So we're going to see if I have the brain power to do it better. I believe in you. Music therapy is the research and evidence-based use of music in therapy. So that looks like a lot of different things, um, but it helps different people's individual goals through music in a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Non-threatening way. We do it through live music, playing music, songwriting, looking at lyrics. We use music in all kinds of different ways to meet a variety of goals. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. I like the one thing I like do like to add at the end just to like tag the board certified music therapist is the credential. Yeah. Neither of us said that, but I typically add that. I didn't just walk off the street because I love to sing. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, you like to sing, so you just walk into hospitals. Not quite. Not quite. Questions? Anybody? I would love to. Yay! Uh, <laughs> What's your name? My name is Sailor. Hi, Sailor. Wait, can you tell us where you are, like where you're coming from and all the things? Yeah, um, right now I'm in New York. I'm currently studying undergrad for music therapy at Montclair State University in New Jersey. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Are you from New York? Uh, I'm from Olympia, Washington, actually. Oh my gosh. Well, that is not close to New York at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like totally like on this side and that side. That's yeah. Okay. okay. What year are you in? Uh, I'm in my second year. Nice. Very awesome. nice. What is your question, my friend? Um, well, I was just wondering if you guys had any like specific experience in your progression as a music therapist that specifically stood out to you or was maybe like altering in your career, like, you know, maybe in deciding like what um, group you were going to end up working with. That is such a good question. And yes, let me repeat it, it back to you to make sure I understand correctly. You want to know if there's like a point in our education that kind of shifted things for us to make it clear where we wanted to be in our career. Yes. 
I'm thinking. I know. I remember vividly, not necessarily a point in my education where I was like, this is what, like, this is the population, what I want to work with. But I did have a moment where I was like, this is what music therapy is. I was in my first practicum placement. I feel like this is pretty common for a lot of people. It's like you learn all the things in your education and you observe, but it's kind of hard to like conceptualize what music therapy really is until you're doing the dang thing. So I was in my first practicum placement at a nursing home. I had an older adult resident and I was doing a one-on-one session and she struggled with dementia, typically was not um, super cognizant of what was going on or who she was or who her family was, anything like that. But we had this one session where I played Love Me Tender by Elvis Presley. That song will never be the same for me again because of this session and this, this woman. And she, all of a sudden, it was just this look in her eyes and everything was clear for her. She started telling me all about her, the farm that she used to live on with her three sons and telling me about her family and how much she loved her kids and her grandkids and was able to tell me all about her life and just like this super coherent way that I had never seen before. Um, So it was just this beautiful moment of clarity for her and to see that music was the facilitator for that moment was like, wow, this is what music therapy is about. This is what music therapy does. And then she said she was going to go start hitting her fellow residents with a kibasa. And it was just excellent. <laughs> she, it was just great. It was such a funny session. She just had so much personality. Like she was herself again, you know, and, and it's rare that those people at that stage of life get to have those moments. And it was beautiful. But that right there was a moment where I was like, okay, this is worth it to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I would say kind of similarly for me, but a little different. It was in, during my internship. I had a couple of those moments when I was in school in school, but I remember the moment for me where I was like, oh, I think peds is where I wanted to be because I never really thought it was where I wanted to be. I just loved the internship. And I was like, you know what? I'm uncomfortable there. I'm going to do it. And I was working with a kiddo in the cardiovascular intensive care unit and he had had surgery and he was having a really bad reaction to a medication and his skin was peeling off. And he was just so scared to move. He was four years old love his lovely little kid, lovely little family. And music was pretty much the only thing that would bring him comfort. He couldn't have any additional medications. He kind of just had to lay still until his body recovered from what was going on. And so I met him early um, when that had first started happening and worked with him for a long time. And to see that patient's progression from laying completely still and being super fearful to building a relationship with him, to him laying still, but singing along with me. And then to the end where he's beginning to um, start to move again, once his kind of skin had healed enough that he was able to bend and they had um, dressings on him music was the thing that always was there. So I was there for all of the physical therapy sessions, all the occupational therapy sessions, um, all of the things that were hard for him, music just made them tangible. They made it possible for him to recover in a much more effective way where he got to feel like himself. Um, I never, I knew what music therapy was and I still know what music therapy is, but I never really knew what it looked like in the pediatric world. And then when I saw it in the ICU where they're supposed to be the most critical and scary, I was like, hot dog. This is cool. And I've loved it ever since. I love that. Yeah. Did you say that happened in your internship? Yeah. That was at CHP. Yeah. I love that. I'm trying to think of the moment I knew, I knew I wanted peds for me. It was just like, I kind of went back and forth my whole education of, do I want to be, do older adults? Do I want to be in a school? Do I want to do psych? What, like, what the heck do I want to do? Because the beauty of our degree is you can work everywhere. 
Um, and that's also kind of the curse of our degree because sometimes you need more special, yeah, you need more specialized education to like work at a place. But, um, I, it was just like this underlying thing that I knew I wanted to do it. And I knew the opportunity to try it was an internship. I never got to do a practicum in Pete's. So I just committed to that six month internship to Pete's without knowing if I love it or hate it. Um, and I ended up being a little bit of both. It was really hard. <laughs> it is hard. It, it's, it's, it's tough. Are any of you currently, or have any of you had peds experience, pediatric music therapy experience? No, no, yet. no. Okay. Maybe somebody in the chat, um, Sarah Jane, who just joined was walking through her hospital. So she does have that experience. Um, but, um, I just kind of always knew I wanted to try it. And then I got to my internship and there were just a lot of moments where I was like, this is so gratifying. You get to see people in like the worst moments of their life and get to bring them something that is so essential to the human experience, but in such a focused, educated based way, like how cool that we get to use music in such a purposeful way. Um, yeah. And then I do remember I have one like patient that I remember specifically that made it all worth it for me in my internship. It was a neuroblastoma patient. He was a, I think he was like 10 months old when he was diagnosed and got to do a lot of developmental music with him and giving him opportunities to engage in ways that he wasn't able to normally and just help with his pain. But I also really got to connect with his mom. And sometimes pediatric music therapy looks more like family support than anything. I think music or Morgan can speak to that a lot with being in the PICU. Yes. Um, but getting to help this mom through music so she could actually interact with her kid, but also be a safe person for her to talk to, that really just made it worth it and was like, okay, I could do this for a while. Like it's it's worth it enough to do that. So we might like peds a little bit. Yeah, I know. I, I feel bad. We try to bring different perspectives on the podcast because we are pediatric music therapists and that is such a small portion of what we get to do as music therapists. And that's the, the hope for the future. But yeah, that's, that's how we knew about peds. Sarah has a question. Sarah, do you want to hop on and ask, or do you want to type it in the chat? I would love to hop on. Go Yay. For it. Hi, Sarah. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and then ask your question. Um, so I go to school at Temple University in Philly, and I'm doing my internship right now at Somerset Academy, which is a preschool. Nice. Did you say internship? Yeah. Sweet. All right. What's your question, my friend? Um, my question is when you become a new professional, especially if you're the only music therapist, how do you balance being still new while also having to be like the person who understands music therapy? What a good question. Yeah. My immediate reaction is faking it um, until you make it kind of mentality. Being the person, um, did I don't know if y'all listened to our interview with Devin a while back. She um, was a music therapist at a resident or at a community for older adults. Mm -hmm. And she is just so confident in the fact that she is the expert. She is the one that went to school for music therapy and nobody else knows about, knows as much about music therapy as she does. So I think having like balancing the confidence that you do know what you're talking about. You dedicated your entire education to this one thing. You know, you know the things but also having to battle imposter syndrome. So you also have to fake it a little bit at the same time. Definitely starting out, I think giving yourself the space to be the expert on music therapy, but also know that like 
you're new. So yes, you're the expert, but no, you don't have to say yes to everything. And no, you don't have to act like, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. I think I started out brand spanking new. I had barely been at the school before I started at this hospital. And I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, but I didn't. Honestly, I don't think there was a way I could have without just going through it. Um, but there are a lot of places I wish I would have said, I want to do that, but let me settle first. Or I absolutely think that's incredible. And I want to support that effort. But first I need to get accustomed to this hospital. I need to get accustomed to this setting. And then I think music therapy has a great space there. So it's kind of knowing yourself and knowing that it's okay to say no. And just because you say no in the beginning of a job does not mean you're going to lose an opportunity. I promise Mm. there will be more opportunities. In fact, they never stop coming. (laughs) So knowing that you get to choose and that you can set those boundaries um, can be super helpful. But honestly, it's such a growth experience. Like it's hard and there are growing pains throughout it, but it's so worth it to be by yourself because you really learn yourself and you really learn the parts of music therapy that you're passionate about. And I know for me, I love to advocate. And so it was like the ideal, I would see kids all day and then I'd advocate the rest of the day. And after a while I burn out a little bit, but in the beginning, I loved it. It sounds like it's like not biting off too much that you are too much more than you can chew. I don't know how to say that right now, Yeah, but it sounds like that. And then, um, I like that you said, like, you don't have to know everything. Like Mm -mm. you have the freedom to ask questions. You have the freedom to not know. And hopefully you are never the only person. Hopefully you do get to work with other people, even if they're not music therapists. But if you are other music therapists exist in the world and lean on the grid because there are music therapists everywhere. I know for me, my internship supervisor, once I got to this job, literally when I applied for the job, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. She was like, if anybody can do it, you can do it. And I said, okay. And I did it. (laughs) And she was there for me and I didn't have anybody for a long time. Um, but once I did having her, I mean, I still have her, but just having somebody on the grid kept me through. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll be in a position where you'll be new and the only one? Not a clue. <laughs> Stay tuned. I love that. <laughs> That's why I ask because it's so like strange. Like I have no idea where I'm going to be or who's going to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. And also like being a new grad and like propose, even like proposing a program. Like I have, you know, six month of internship experience, let me be the only music therapist at your facility. Like that is so terrifying to do, but somebody has to do it. There's not enough of us out there to freaking, you know, do all the things. Do you think, you know, what population you want to work with, Sarah? Um, yeah, I want to do pediatric medical a lot. So yeah. nice. that's why I first found the podcast. I was like, ah. I want to know everything. <laughs> We don't know everything, but we know we can definitely bestow what we do know upon you. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Question from Megan. Question for Morgan. I'd love to know how the Duquesne master's program is going. As a Duquesne alum, I'd love to know your opinion and perspective of the program as someone who did not attend undergrad there. I was thinking about going back for my master's at some point, and I'm obviously familiar with Duquesne, and I'm just curious of your opinions. Yeah, Megan, OMG. Okay, you did practicum at CHP too. It's great. We love Nicole and Corey and all of them. Um, Duquesne is great. I So 
just to talk about a master's program in general, if anyone is interested in continuing your education, there are a lot of different options for master's degrees in music therapy nowadays. And that is so cool because you can kind of pick a little bit of a focus when you're looking. There are music therapy masters that focus more in counseling skills, music therapy masters that focus more in leadership, some that focus more in um, social justice and activism. What am I missing, Daniel? Oh, um, neurologic music therapy. Um, there are a lot of different options for a master's degree. So when I was looking at my master's, part of the reason I went to Duquesne is because they had the option to do more counseling focused classes and to do like a leadership track. So I am super interested in working in leadership in music therapy. I love to be the advocate. I love to work with donors. I want to grow a music therapy program and then hopefully one day lead a music therapy program. And so that was a lot of my motivation in getting my master's degree. In addition to, I wanted to know more about counseling with kids. And so um, my thesis is going to end up being on that. Um, And yeah, Duquesne has been great. It's been a very manageable load between work and school. So I'm full-time and then I take two classes at a time and it's definitely a balancing act, but if I prioritize my time well, then I'm typically fine. I really enjoy it. If you have more questions, Megan, you can ask. And also we can talk offline more about it if you have more questions. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I'm in my master's at Texas Women's University. I don't know if anyone is familiar. They're a retreat style program. So a lot like Morgan's, it's all online, but you go twice a semester in person to campus for these like eight hour intensives a day. Um, It's a lot, but it's really great to like be other with music therapy students. And because like once you become a professional, you realize it's not all that it's, it's definitely different than whenever you're in school and around a lot of music therapists going to be a professional. So it's nice to be around all those people and get to learn like hands-on things in person in a classroom. But also it's kind of hard to, if you don't live in the state of Texas, it's hard to like fly and manage all of that. So the retreat style program is great if you could make it work. And yeah, I'm the same thing as Morgan though. I take two classes a semester, work full time and it's manageable. There's some weeks where I'm like, why did I do this to myself? But (laughs) most weeks I'm like, okay, This will be worth it, maybe. It will be worth it. (laughs) That's good to know, too. Thanks, Danielle. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, We had some things. If you have questions, let us know, please. Or if you just want to be like, I do this, and we can be like, that's freaking amazing. Um, Morgan. What is something that you value about the music therapy community? What is something that I value about the music therapy community? It's so small and yet so big. I feel like when the music therapy community exists in my brain, I hear it's a small world after all. Because the amount of times that I've met a music therapist or talked to a music therapist and then know a mutual someone that I know or have gone to school with someone that I know or somehow know someone that I know. It's awesome. Um, There's definitely a grid of music therapists out there. And I really value that though we're a growing profession, there is this mightiness in how small we are and how well-connected we can be. I don't necessarily think we're the most well-connected profession in the world, but I do know that we have music therapists everywhere and that a lot of us have to move for jobs. And so I feel like I know a music therapist in a lot of different parts of the country purely because of the nature of our jobs. Just like Sarah Jane being in Arizona exactly. right now. Exactly. And you were in <laughs> Texas. Now you're in Florida. But True. Also, yeah. other note, um, 
I love how supportive the community is. I love that um, even when you are a new grad, if you reach out for help, like there are people there to meet you and maybe they're not the exact person that you need to talk to, or you don't have the exact person that can help you. But most times people will help you find who they think that person is because the reality is there are people that have been in the field for a long time and a little while. Um, and usually somebody knows the answer to your questions. Like you don't have to know everything, yeah. even though it feels like you do a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's always hopefully somebody at least one step ahead of you. Um, and it's really good as you keep going in your career to have somebody a step ahead of you, even if it's just a social media friend, even if it's somebody from school or if it's a supervisor, like it is really good to have people who've done the dang thing ahead of you. Cause it can feel very scary and isolating to be an internship and not know what the heck's coming next. I love the most about the community. I feel like I have a unique perspective having music, well, the podcast, but also music therapy. And now, um, I have a team of students with that and getting to connect with them on a monthly basis is really incredible to see their perspectives on how things are changing. Because if you don't know the world of music therapy is changing in a big way right now. Um, they're making a lot of shifts with the American Music Therapy Association. Sometimes it's a little daunting to think what is going on with the organization that organizes us all. Um, but I think there's a lot of really good changes happening. Um, I forgot how I even got there in my brain, but not sure. Friend. Me either. But it's really great to have the connection with students and through the social, like just social media is such an incredible way to connect. And I feel like there's a lot of bad things about social media, but this is one of the really good things to be able to like have complete strangers on a Zoom call for funsies on a Monday night. Like it's amazing that social media gets to do that and that we get to like live in the same space. And yeah, so I really love how connected we can be through social media and how positive it can be and how positive I hope it always is. Um, yeah. I also like, I'm honestly never afraid to ask for help and I'm never afraid to reach out to a random stranger and be like, how are you doing this? And all of that. And that also goes to say, if we need to be those random strangers, please reach out and we can help you as much as we can. Yeah. Danny, I'm curious, unless somebody has a question, pop it in if you do. Um, what is something you still want to do? as a music therapist I want to put on a concert at my hospital (laughs) I want to find a patient who I can dress in the most gorgeous gown or suit or whatever the hex they want to wear and I want to bring a stage into my unit and I want them to perform for all the staff now that may not be a big professional goal but that is a personal goal that I would love love and a very special patient I would love for that to happen one day um, <laughs> what about you? I'm like, I'm trying to decide which one to say now, because I was going to say, I really, I, so I'm in the ICU guys. I work in the pediatric intensive care unit most of the time. And I'm advocating a lot with the team. I do a lot when kids are like waning, 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 like, like the moon <laughs> weaning from sedation, or they're like weaning respiratory support. And I really want to support an extubation at some point. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure you could do that. I'm sure you can go find someone tomorrow. No, it's a little more complex than that with the doctors, but that's a good goal. My other goal is we have a recording studio that's we've been building for a long time. And, um, I just want to record a song with a patient in that space. Yeah. That's a very feasible goal. That's coming so soon. And I'm so excited, but yeah, both of those things. Um, I don't really know. Uh, This is what scares me about being a professional. I don't know what my like big professional goals are anymore. Um, because it's like, wait, I've made it now. What? 
So, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to Stay do tuned. now. This is also like the hashtag the early 20s podcast where you're like, what are, what am I doing with my life? Um, yep. It's just the part of the angsty season of the 20s. Yeah. The fun and angsty yes. season. So I'm in my master's because I know, you know, I want to keep doing music therapy. I think my big goal is not to burn out. That's a great goal. <laughs> I love that goal. Anybody, Sarah Jane, you relate? Yeah. Not burn out? Yeah. It's a great goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alicia, what, what, what are, are you doing, doing right your now? Which are you thing? doing a concert or are you excavating kids? <laughs> um, it's the first one. I promise. I don't have a medical degree. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I did though. I feel like I watched enough Grey's Anatomy too. Facts. <laughs> but, um, I'm, at, I'm doing community music therapy right now and I'm a equivalency student. So like, this is my first big, like thing and like we're working with um Spanish immigrant kids and like we've been songwriting with them the whole year and like we're putting on a block party in like a month with them that's incredible <laughs> bro that is amazing my dream you'll have to keep me updated on that and send me like whatever pictures and videos y'all are allowed to have from that because that sounds incredible see music therapy is so cool you like go from a little dark you go from like a death to a block party you know, we got the full range of things here in the music therapy world. The dichotomy of it all, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. OMG, that's so cool. Thanks, Wait, Sarah. I think what? Jane has a question. Jane, what's your question? What's up, Jane? Hello. And who are you? Um, I'm Jane. I'm a student in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I go to Alverno College, which is an all-women's school. Nice. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I guess my question is, how do you advocate in areas of music therapy that you don't currently work in or may not even have experience in, but you come across somebody who like, you're like, wow, you can benefit from this, but I'm not the person to do that. Like, how do you advocate for that? What a great question. I also agree that it's a great question. I feel like context, I feel like I need, I want a little bit more context only because I feel like if it's like a passerby, somebody that you're talking to, um, just to like telling them about what research you know or like what you do know about it and like just telling them so they're aware. I don't think you have to know more than you know um, because obviously if you met someone and you're like, hmm, I think that you or someone you love could benefit from this, you know enough that they might it might be applicable for them. But I'm curious if it's more like in a professional sense. Can you give us more context? Um, so because I'm a student, I'm definitely in that phase where like, I'm the only person in like my realm of people that I know who's going to school for music therapy. And so okay. it's a lot of like people coming up to me with like scenarios and I'm like, well, first of all, I'm still a student, so I can't <laughs> do too much, oh, well. but it's also just like, you know, again, only having the research, but then I feel like I come across people who I don't want to say don't care about the research, but it's because I can't actively provide and show them how it's beneficial. I don't know how to advocate and be like, no, I do really think you could benefit yeah. from this. Yeah. I have no smart, smart response for that. I, all I have is exactly what I said. Um, also you don't at any point in your career have to know everything about music therapy. And I, I again, think like literally just you thinking and believing based on your education that a person could benefit is enough whether or not the person you're talking to thinks it's enough and that might be like hard and also if people are like I don't care about research give me the real stuff you are still a student like <laughs> you're gonna have the real stuff but you're figuring it out 
Um, and nobody should expect you to have all the answers to something that you're getting a whole degree in. So maybe like use your resources if they're like, but I need more than what you can provide me. Yeah. Great. Here's a teacher I have who can help you more or, you know, yeah. Anyone else on the, does anyone else have an answer for that? I would tell you that you don't, that's also not always your job, which I think is hard to hear as a student, but I could be, I come across it a lot where like, Hey, my mom calls me and she's like, Hey, I was talking to my neighbor's grandparent and I told them about music therapy because I know that you do that. Do you want to call them? And I'll be like, mom, thank you so much for advocating for my field, but that's not my place. And I only have so much energy every day. And so sometimes even if like, I know that my neighbor's grandparents would benefit so highly from music therapy, I'm going to let them figure it out on their own or be like, Hey, if you need more, here's our two journals. Maybe you can go do your own research. Mm. I like that. And even and the transfer that, really I love that. Even transferring it to the hospital, people are like, can you come to labor and delivery? You know, music therapy would be so beneficial in labor and delivery. It would. Here you go. Go find, go fund a position and we can be in labor and delivery. So yeah. Is that, is that kind of your question or are we missing the mark, Jane? No, I think that answers it greatly. So thank you. Okay. Thanks for asking. What a question. Yeah. That's a good question. My mind just broke. Um, I wanted to open this to everybody. (laughs) What was a moment you had in a music therapy session? that you'll never forget, or that was like, wow, this is what music therapy is. Okay, I have mine. Can I go first? Yep, go. Yes. Okay. So favorite patient, I'm not allowed to have a favorite patient, but favorite patient, um, one of them. I wrote songs with this girly for so long. She was a very much an up and down patient, would be super great and then super not okay. And we wrote so many songs together, but normally she would give me lyrics and we would talk about the vibes of the song and I would sing it and play. And she was learning the ukulele at the time. And um, progressively over session, I was like trying to kind of hand off the music, music making to her. I was like, you have all the tools you need to do this and I'll be here and I'll support you, but I want you to try. And got really sick again, came back continued where we were kind of um and for a really big celebration that she had um like the week before I like asked her again and she's like okay fine I'll do it and so it ends up the day of she kind of has a a rough a rough day but we sing her song and we take turns singing the lyrics and she actually like legit sings to the team Mm -hmm. and it was just incredible I literally have the video um it was one of those like long-term sessions where like I knew I was making a difference in this person's life mm. so much and like helping her to feel like herself um, when she'd completely lost herself to an, a disease. And it was like, you could just see the light in her eyes whenever she sang. And it's like such a big why patient for me. Like mm. I want to help people to feel like themselves in a place that takes away their autonomy and like takes away their ability to express freely and mm. feel like who they are and who they're meant to be. And so- that patient and that song, man, that was great. That's so empowering. And how can somebody look at that and be like, that's not therapy. Like that is so powerful to give somebody the space and autonomy to be themselves and to be empowered to do something like that. Oh yeah. All right. Sarah, you have one? 
Um, so mine is from my, one of my practicums was at um, an adult psych hospital. And the first thing I ever led was a um, music assisted relaxation and a couple people fell asleep and I did not really think about it at all. I was like, okay, people, some people fell asleep. Some people were still awake, like, okay. And when I was talking to my supervisor after she was like, you made a space that was safe enough for someone to fall asleep. And my yeah. mind was just completely blown. That's amazing. That is. And like you said, you walk away from that and you feel like it's so simple, but it's so impactful. Oh, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing, Sarah. I love that. Anybody else? I have one, if you all want to keep thinking. Um, last week, I had a group. Um, I was not doing well, so Morgan came for emotional support because sometimes you need that mm -hmm. <laughs> to run a group of 20 kids in behavioral health. And it felt like a very chaotic session. I was chaotic. They were chaotic. I was trying something brave and new for me where um, I've done a lot of songwriting from scratch with individual patients, but I have never songwriting from scratch with a group of patients. Um, and so I was going to do it. And it was just probably the worst day ever for me to decide to have done that, but I did. And it felt chaotic the whole time, had to do a lot of redirecting and a lot of behavioral stuff the whole time. But then I left and looked at the song that we made together. It was a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus. And it was incredible. It was about, it was called My Therapist Said, and it talked all about like, their, I, I can't remember the lyrics exactly, but it just really talked a lot about coping and bad days and all these things. And the course was silly and fun, but it was amazing that even with the chaotic energy that I was feeling and that maybe they were feeling, we came up with something so productive and beautiful and creative. Um, so even whenever it doesn't feel eternally, like you did the best music therapy ever, you can look back and say, okay, I did like, we did, we did really good therapy in that group. And then Morgan was like, knock it off. It was amazing. It was. <laughs> it was like, I like charts and I like yeah. art. <laughs> I remember it. I, I was like there eating pineapples in, in the dark. dark. Bam, bam, Again, bam. weird. But then the verses was like, my therapist said, and I can't remember any of it, but really great things. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Sarah Jane is a pediatric music therapist in Arizona. This is true. I work at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Um, okay. I worked with a 19-year-old boy who was getting a BMT, which is a bone marrow transplant, if you don't know what that is. It's often um, part of a treatment for different kinds of cancers, and it involves a really lengthy admission in the hospital, and they completely destroy your immune system and then build you a new one, so it's pretty intense. And I worked with this kiddo for a very long time. He's not a kiddo. He's like a man at this point. <laughs> worked with him. My favorite thing he always told me is he, um, we were basically, weren't, I'm not much older than him at all, but he loved to tell me in my generation, like in my generation, we grew up watched, listening to NSYNC in my generation. And eventually I told him, you know, we're in the same generation. Lot, right? <laughs> and he was like, what? No way. LOL. And we ended up building a really good therapeutic rapport. So much so that he wouldn't let anyone else in the room on his bad days, but he would ask them to call the music lady, which he knows my name and he calls me that because he knows it bothers me. So he's the only one that's allowed to do it. LOL. Yeah, love him. Love him very dearly. And there was a point where he was not getting he needed in the hospital. So 
they were gonna have to put in an MG tube, which is a tube that goes in through your nose and it goes to your stomach so that you can get some feeds and not have some nutrition. And he's old enough and he's combative enough and stubborn enough that everyone on the floor was like, I think we should let him try to place it himself. And I was like, we'll see how that goes. So they're like, we need you to go in and tell him he's doing it. And I was like, okay. So I went in and I told him that, listen, and I went in because I'm the only person that he doesn't cuss out of the room. So I went in and told him, hey, bud, you know how you're not needing anything? We need to put, we need to try an NG tube. I was like, who do you want to be in here? Your nurse is going to be in here. We'll get your favorite nurse. Who else? He was like, I just want her and you. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. So this session was like an hour and a half long. And it was just us coaching him, putting in his own NG tube, which is disgusting. And I don't recommend it to anyone if you ever have to get one placed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the fact that he trusted me enough to be in there during that really uncomfortable thing is just a testament to the rapport we built and it and it wasn't easy and I'm Ah, incredible that's amazing SJ yeah it is that's something you should be proud of I love that it just uh yeah and it also speaks to like I find often that music therapists tend to be the ones that feel safe to our patients because we get to build a connection through music which is such an intimate and like safe place safe connection and nurses don't get to do that nurses get to poke and prod I feel so I feel terrible for them um but we get to be the get to be the safe people in such terrible moments. Truly, that's amazing, SJ. One last question to wrap us off, because we are in World Music Therapy Week, because we are all aspiring music therapists or already music therapists. Um, what does music therapy mean to you? What does it mean that you get to do this? What does music therapy mean to you? Why do you do it? Why do you love it? What does it mean to you? I can go first because you all have like deer in the headlight eyes. Um, for me, it means I have an avenue to build really deep connections with people. And that is my life's purpose is to connect with others and to have a space in music that is supported by research and evidence. And we have all these interventions that we get to use to use to do music with people and make those connections there's nothing better in life than that to me mine's a little similar um if you've listened to a couple of our episodes you might have heard it before I have uh, like a person why that translates my music therapy why so the reason I live my life what a mission station I live by is mission statement I live by is to help feel, people feel seen and known and loved and um nothing quite does that in a place where things are scary and unfamiliar than music. Like music therapy is the best way um, to get to a person's core quick and to help them feel seen and known when they're just completely terrified. Mm. Totally agree with both. Thanks, Megan. (laughs) Wait, I'm going to say another one while we're waiting for more people to say more. Go for it. Because kids laugh and I love Ah. it when kids laugh. And adults laugh. And adults laugh. And threaten others with a kibasa. I'll never forget that. They just get so silly in music. It's incredible. Everybody does. It doesn't matter how old you are. True. Or I don't know if you've ever done a site group and they started out like this. <laughs> so flat. Oh, yeah. Completely uninterested. And, and then, then they're singing along by the end. Or they say something so profound and you're like, you had that in your brain this whole time? Like you were just talking about eating freaking pineapples. Like in the dark. Yeah. I have an answer. So go, 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 for go, it. go. 
Um, for me, it's finding all the different ways that I can use music to support people because I feel like ever since I first found out about music therapy, I would have an experience or read an article and I'd be like, wait, you can do that. And I feel like I just keep having those moments over and over again. Um, and it's so much cooler now that it's like with real people in person instead of just articles. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. For me, it's using Taylor Swift in every session that Stop I can. Stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> I got one. Go for it, Jane. Um, I think for me, it's just the fact that I love serving people and just being able to do it in a way that's so down to earth with people Ooh. that I feel like they don't even realize what kind of connection they're making or like what benefit it's having. And it's not even just for them. It's like for the both of us. And so the fact that it's a mutual experience is just amazing. Oh my gosh. So well said. Yeah. That shared human experience. That's a beautiful point. And they don't even know they're doing it. Yeah, it's true. I have one too. Yeah, go for it, Megan. Okay, hi. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we, we can, can hear you. Great. Okay, yay. Um, so mine is piggybacking off of Jane because I'm just the one who's the same. Like I'm someone who likes to serve and give. And so it's kind of the same thing where like, I just want to provide for people, but at the same token, like I am so passionate about music in general. So it's kind of coming from that place of like, I'm a musician and I'm so passionate about this. And I want to see how other people resonate with music too. So. Absolutely. How lucky are we that we get to use something that we are maybe talented in and like naturally gifted and have done our entire lives. Like how lucky are we that we get to use that for such a greater good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other ones? I have one. Go for Go it, for Sailor. It. <laughs> um, just the ability that you can use um, music to connect with people that are different ages um, and come from different backgrounds. Um, I never thought I'd be talking to people that are like 104 and being able to connect with them as well as I do through music. So Yeah, I love that point you make. I used to be so scared of my age and like, how am I supposed to do this therapy with somebody who's so much older than me? Yeah. Or maybe it's the same age as me, but having that music as the safe space is so naturally therapeutic and helpful. Love that. I love how so many of these are so related to this like concept of serving and like a shared experience. Like that's, that's beautiful that mm -hmm. so many of us, it's, it's really about the people. Like, yes, we love the music and we love that we get to use it, but like to see the outcomes, like to mm -hmm. just to see or just to experience it with another person. Even like, I know how beneficial songwriting is for my own self and spirit Same. and to get to purposefully use that with other people. It's like, I have felt the benefit from this. Now I get to help you feel the benefit from this. And I know it works because I've lived it. Yeah. Any last words? I have one. Go Yay! for it. Go Alicia. I do have one. Um, I think, I feel like it was already said, but like, I wanted to share too. Um, yes. Like I personally have like a lot of like trouble, like um, expressing myself. And I know that it's been easy for me to like express myself through music. So like kind of giving that to someone else and like seeing them like say things that they might've not said before the experience. Like, it's kind of cool to like see them express themselves in a way that might have not been possible otherwise. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Love that. It goes back to that non-threatening factor of music. And even sometimes it does feel threatening to people to like play an instrument or songwriter or whatever, but like by the end of it, to see them grow comfortable with it is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. Because music is so attainable to so many people. Like there's, there's a level of music that can reach pretty much anyone. Like I always relate it to like, think about sitting on a therapist's couch or whatever. All right. Tell me about your, like, tell me all about your deepest traumas. Tell me how you feel. Tell me whatever. We have that like back door of music where we don't have to ask those questions up front. We get to like do it in a way that's non-threatening. We, you know, they get to tell us how they feel because they relate to this lyric in this song mm-hmm. or because the quack stick feels just like I feel on the inside, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Sarah Jane, you're the last one who hasn't shared. Oh, I like music therapy. It's different than all of yours. And I'm sorry, but the world, the world is kind of shitty and I don't always like living in it. And music therapy reminds me that there's humanity and humility in everyone, Mm. even if they're like have the roughest shell. And so it gives me a little bit of hope. Mm. That's amazing. That is the perfect one to end on SJ. Awesome. Y'all, this was just lovely and exceeded all expectations. Thank you so much for being here and for be willing, you know, being willing to give an hour of I know what is your very busy schedule to us and to join us in this way. It's it's amazing. And this is exactly why we started the podcast and why we wanted to do what we do. Yeah. We're so grateful to like just get to experience and talk about what we love with other people that are all music therapists or gonna be music therapists that um are going through it too. This is why this is the community that we both like dreamt of. Yeah. And we know it's hard and it's hard for us too. And, (laughs) um, but also it it can be really rewarding and easy and lovely. It Um, ebbs and it flows. Yeah. So any last words before we sign off? I will, I I will let y'all know that this episode will be the last one for a while. We are taking a break in April and May as we enter final season and we just need a freaking break as some of you may understand and feel. So we will be back in June with brand new episodes and interviews and things to talk about. Please still stay active on social media. We'll always be around for DMs and to connect. Um, Please please ask questions. Please, if you have ideas or things you want to see, still tell us. We're still going to be planning. We're just going to take a break from dropping pods for a little bit. We're going to have a little six-week hiatus so we can finish school and take care of ourselves for a minute. (laughs) Thanks, y'all, so, so much. Oh, I'm reading the nice comments about us. Oh, thanks, Melissa. Awesome. All right. Yay. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay.